Welcome in to the first off-season edition of the On Cue podcast. I know it's been a while, but I'm still Ben Thomas, and joining me once again, as always, is still Austin Appleby. Austin, how have you been, my friend? It's been a a while since we've done an episode. It's been a while, and yes, I still am Austin Appleby, and you are still Ben Thomas. We had to check IDs before we said that, though. We had to check some IDs to make sure everything lined (laughs) up. And this is still the On Cue podcast. We uh, we've we've just been busy, guys, yeah. and I've been all over the the country, as I typically am, trying to to find a job in the in the football world. Currently, Ben, I'm uh, still in Florida, but am in Fort Lauderdale right now, training at XBE, which is a a facility that's you know taken myself and other guys, those guys are getting ready for the, the combine, but going through that training, as so many dudes around the country are, to gear up for the combine and their pro days, uh, just like I am, to get an opportunity to, to continue to play at the next level, and it's been really fun. It's been it's been really good work for all these guys to build these relationships, and you know, it, it's really really encouraging to you know come in every single day and. And, and work your tail off with guys from all over the country that have a, a similar dream to you. So it's been really, really fun, really excited about um, you know where we're at and where I'm at, and we're all uh, getting ready to put our best foot forward here whenever those dates are. That's awesome. Now i got to ask, are you still hitting all of your checkdowns? <laughs> Always working on the checkdowns. Got to work on the deep ball, too. Got to work on the intermediate. But I know you. you you'll, you'll send me a text throughout my career You'll watch a game and you'll hit me up. You know, I'll get you know, you get your phone blown up after games. You know, great touchdown pass, great. I'll get one from you. Check the ball down, Austin. Check well, we it got, down. We got to say where it stemmed from the whole John Gruden spider two wide banana hitting the check down, not mm-hmm. hitting the backside Venus. So I'd always text him if you if you th- don't hit the check down, I'm gonna show up. You just don't know when. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. And I don't put it past you. The day that I that I don't check it down and I make a mistake, let's hope I can put that off as long as possible. You know, I, I always look around I'm a little bit weary. That you might be coming out of the, the rafters to take me out. You just Thank never you know where I am. Little, uh, the, the, the angel or maybe the demon on my shoulder that talks some sense into me before I throw it. Gucci Mane said it best. Yeah, I'm both. There it is. But we got a lot to talk to today. <laughs> Mostly about National Signing Day. It's come and gone. And I say National Signing Day. This year, a little different. There was the early signing day and then the normal, which became the later signing day. First year for it, Austin, what did you think of this process and how it impacted the scheme of of signing to play D1 and D2 and D3 in NAI football? You know, Ben, I liked it. I thought it was good for both the players, you know, coming out and choosing their schools, as well as for the teams and and the coaching staffs and the universities that are, you know, trying to bring in their their selective prospects and, and get their classes signed up themselves the best, the best opportunity they can to put together a team that everybody's proud of that can win. You know, I'll start with the players. You know, it gives them a chance to, to sign early, get it done with, and then, you know, if you want to, you can be a mid-year guy and come in early and go through the winter training program and 
then get ready to compete in spring ball if you you know have a chance to you know to to come in and compete for a job right out of the gate. It also for those guys that you know maybe are on the cusp and aren't sure where to go and want to go a little bit later, you know, or somebody you know snags an offer, it kind of shakes the tree out a little bit, if you will. And you know, think about it like musical chairs. Some of the chairs have now been pulled. It might be clearer for you to to go to where you uh, ultimately will end up. You know, it's not that mad dash to you know with all the flipping and and moving around that some players get left out. You know, and 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 have an offer that night before they go to bed and wake up on signing day and that offer is gone because somebody else took it. Yeah. There's so much that goes on. I think it protects the players in that regard. Yeah. And then it also protects, sorry to interrupt you, it also I'll talk protects you. the coaches. Yes. The coaches. Yeah, that's where I was going. Who, yeah. And, and, and you know, I know you're going to take it away because you have a, you know, you understand how that works with, with your father being a coach. But, you know, if a player flips on them, it, they'd be, they'd be totally out of luck. And they'd be scrambling to try to fill up their roster and get a guy to come be that next quarterback for them because they've had a quarterback sign for the last, you know, six months. And then on the last day, a big team comes in and flips them, and now you're you're screwed. Right. So, I mean, you, you, you tell me what you think about it, but I think it helps everybody through this process. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head with everything you said. And when you talk about the coaches, yes, my dad, a D2 coach at Malone University here in Canton, it's almost like a snowball effect. Look, the Big Ten, SEC, the Power Fives, they're going to get the guys they want. There's nobody right. denying that, whether you have one signing day, two signing days, or 20 signing days. But let, I've talked to some co- a coach in the MAC about this, Mid-American Conference. If, if you're on a guy and Ohio State's kind of loose on him and then Ohio State decides, hey, we want that guy, they'll get that guy, and they'll sign in that early signing process. That allows the coach – if you have 10 players and four of them are, are big-time D1 players and you know that and they've signed, now mm-hmm. you can focus on six as opposed to the full 10. So it kind of limits it, and then it goes to the D2s and the D3s of the world. I thought it helped everybody as a whole. I don't think yeah. anybody is sitting here saying, oh, our class would have been better if it was just a normal signing day. I think, I think like you said, it helped all parties involved. Yeah, it gives you a chance to, after the initial signing day, to go back and, and look at the board, you know, as a coaching staff or as a player to look at the entire country and, you know, kind of see where everyone's at. And then you reassess and those, and those coaches can, can really go after certain players that they need and need to fill or certain guys that they want and reconfirm that they still have that spot for them and want them. And then players can have a better opportunity to, to find that best fit for them and kind of sift through the, the circus that is recruiting and what signing day has been to this point, which is in fact the circus with everything that we've seen go on on, on that right. on that infamous day. Yeah, and I want to ask you this. You mm-hmm. committed early, if I remember correctly. I believe the yeah. summer of your going into your senior year, correct? Yes. Right around there, yeah. give or take. Uh huh. I you- wanted to be done before playing my senior season. You know, just so I could go out and have the best year I could possibly have, and not have to worry about the next level. I, you know, I felt like I owed it to myself and owed it to my my over teammates. Right now, do you think if there was these two signing days back when you committed, you would have been able to as a player? Because I'm a big believer, the best recruiting that can happen is from guys who are already committed. 
Do you think as a Purdue yeah. commit you could have taken that time because you know that guys are signed to go play at, at Northwestern or play at Illinois? You could have really mm-hmm. focused on those guys and been in their ear and tried to get them to be Boilermakers. Oh yeah, I mean my my situation was a little bit different, you know, because I you know I had those high offers or those high recruiting, and then when I got my knee blown out, you know, against North Can- uh, against Canton McKinley, in my junior, a lot of those schools, you know, kind of pulled those offers, and I went to Purdue because they never wavered on me. They wanted me, and you know, I I wanted to go where I was wanted. I didn't want a team that was wishy washy with me. You know, you don't want to date. You might want to, you know, there's a girl that might be prettier, but if you don't know if she really likes you, you know, what what, what are you doing? So right. I went with the, it ultimately for me, it came down to, I'm going to go around and wanted, I'm going to go where, you know, a team that's had my back the whole time. So I'm going to have theirs and maybe I'm old school being only what, six years out of it. At what I came out in 2012. So <laughs> back in that day when that was, bef- that was back when a commitment actually meant something. Back when you had to walk and, uphill both ways to school. Right, right, because we're, we're so old. But you know, <laughs> really, just six years ago, if you committed, it was it was pretty much done. Yes. You know, like there, people flipping and doing all that crazy stuff has kind of recently just happened with Twitter and, you know, the social media and guys making videos of where they're going to recruit and switching hats up. And, I mean, it, it's it's taken off. And, and I personally don't like the circus that it's become. But that's just the reality of it because, you know, when you get there and you finally get that locker room, I can tell you that nobody gives a a darn how many stars you have, how many offers you have. Because at the end of the day, you're picking one school and you're going to have to come in and you're the new kid on the block and you got to earn your respect to your teammates. Yeah, that's but actually answer your question. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. But to answer your question, because I kind of went off on a tangent, man, it gives you an opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, let's say, you know, you get it done with in January then and now you got some guys that are on on the cusp so they're so wishy-washy you're not really sure where they're gonna go and it's kind of shaking out you know i got a receiver that i really want that i got a chance to play with in high school and he's you know he's currently committed to northwestern but you know or somewhere and we 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 know he's going to be a great fit heck yeah and that happens all the time man the players dictate way more than the coaches do and i think it starts with the quarterback position if you can get your quarterback to commit and be solid Players, you know, certain players, especially the really, really good ones, they want to go play for really good quarterbacks. And if you can solidify that position and get that thing committed as early as possible and signed with this early signing day, now you can build the rest of your team kind of around that centerpiece, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like that you said that because it kind of transitions into our next topic. Always got to ask you your opinion on the Florida Gators. According to Rivals, the 18th ranked class in the nation and it to me, the guy that stands off the page is Emory Jones out of Franklin, Georgia, four-star quarterback. I see the same thing. Started with the quarterback, even though he committed kind of late in the process, which still it wasn't totally late. But they got their quarterback to go into Dan Mullen's system. What do you think of the class, Austin? You know, I'm not as I don't have my ear to to the recruiting as as much as some other people, but I've taken note of this class and. I think Coach Mullen did an unbelievable job with the short amount of time that he had to put together a class that uh, the Gator Nation is going to be really, really excited to see. And guys can come in and make an impact immediately. And like you said, it starts with the quarterback. You know, I've had some time, uh, some chances to be around him uh, through the Elite 11 process. I went back and worked it uh, last summer 
and uh, got a chance to see him. And he's uh, he's he's an elite talent that if, if molded the right way and if developed the right way, will have an opportunity to, uh, to to do very very big things. And I think they also did a really good job of bringing in the right athletes and the right guys to support him on the outside, grinding a lot of good weapons. You know, trying to solidify that offensive line and got in great running backs and building up that defense. I think you know it starts with the quarterback. I think they got that piece, and then it's about everything else around them. So I think all in all, Mullen and his staff did an unbelievable job, and uh, Florida's going to be you know gearing up to see all them in action in the spring game in just about a month. Yeah, when I think of Florida, I think of fast guys, a quarterback. I don't want to just say Tim Tebow, but he's the one who really stands out that can run, put his shoulder down. Not that you weren't a dual threat, Austin, but I've seen you run a little bit. But I'm looking at the class. Hey, the, hey, hey, hey. Four point fast enough, Ben Thomas. That's the name of the game. That was your time, four point fast enough. <laughs> four point fast enough 40. It was, for the record, <laughs> I know you always hate on my speed and you say my Madden speed you're would fa- be terrible. You're faster you're, than me. Your boy ran. Your boy ran a four eight one. Okay, that's I'm respectable. Now. That's respectable. I don't, I don't know if I call you mobile. <laughs> mobile enough. I can get out of trouble, man, and go get your twenty and slide. No, that's that's all you need, I guess, when you're that's when it. you're playing this position. But I want to go back to something you said in a previous response about the stars, Georgia. Mm-hmm. I'm going by Rivals.com. Georgia sure. was the number one rated class. They had five stars. They had eight of them. Ohio State, two, they had three five-stars. USC, the third, they had five five-stars, so on, so forth. We go down the list. Right. When, and you said when you get there, it doesn't matter how many stars you have. I've always viewed it as the star burns out. Now you got to go prove yourself again. you got to rebuild that stardom. Have you seen guys who come in and they don't really adjust and realize that they're no longer that prized recruit? They're a player on a team and they don't adjust and they don't get better? Sure. It, it all depends on who you are. I mean, I think, you know, the stars, in my opinion, and the way that I understand them has to do with, you know, your projection and how long it's going to take for you to be able to, you know, contribute to your team. You know, five star in the way that I understand it means that you should be able to come in day one and be a big time contributor on the team. Four star means that you're going to be able to come in and make some sort of contribution. That three star means it's going to take a year or two, and then you'll be ready to become, you know, a, a, an every down player. Yeah, I, I like that. But once you're, but once you're above the four talent wise, man, I think it all comes back to wiring, who you are as a football player. You know, are you willing? You're not going to be the biggest and the best and the strongest. You're playing with grown men. I mean, you might be good when you're a 17 year old playing yeah. with, you know, other 17 year olds, but now you're going up against 18 to 22 year old grown men in a system where, you know, the plays are complex and, you know, it takes some time to adjust. I don't care who you are. I think it's easier for, for some defensive players to come in, you know, especially if you're an elite pass rusher, you know, you come in, you learn your moves and you go, you know, but for, for those offensive players, I think quarterbacks, especially you got to come in and get that time to learn and make your mistakes and, and grow. So many guys burn out. So many guys that are no stars end up being, you know, unbelievable players and all Americans. I think there's more three stars in the NFL than, than five stars. I saw a stat, a stat recently that says like, you know, that the wide majority of the NFL today is three stars or less. 
which wow. you know is shocking to some people, but you know the it, it it just goes to show that you know you come in, you fall in the right situation, and you're willing to put the work in, then you'll be successful. The cream of the crop always rises to the top, as they say, mm-hmm. and that stat definitely sure. backs that. I want to transition from the guys who are going to be college athletes to the guys that are college athletes. This time of year, February, workouts. As a player, Austin, what's kind of your mindset during this time of year? Get out of here alive. <laughs> this is Oh my gosh. This, this is the winter workout time period for college football players everywhere. These are the times where it's, you know, if you're up in the nor- if you're up in the north, it's bitter cold. Your alarm's going off at at 5 a.m. or earlier. You got to find a way to trudge through the, the the tundra to get to the facility for those 6 a.m. workouts. And you know these are the times where it, it is on. This is the this is the winter conditioning program. You guys are lifting hard. You're running hard. I can think back to my days at Purdue and my days at Florida, where there would be more trash cans on the field than cones to do drills. <laughs> this is the time where uh, I don't know how much we're we're training. You know, speed, you know, or agility as much as we're training toughness, you know, camaraderie, having guys pull together and you're training that mental toughness, you know, which is such a big part. This is where you start to become a team as you gear up for spring ball when you finally get to put the pads on and and go to work and have guys go earn jobs. But this is the time right now where you become a team. Guys are pushing big time weight. They're running a bunch. You know, you're doing some of the, the, the organized team activities, stuff like that. But, man, this is this is a tough time for everybody. Gear up on the protein and, and make sure you find yourself a cold tub because it's, it's, it's tough sledding right now. Now, I don't want you to get all the way graphic, but do you have a story of a time where maybe you had to get acquainted with one of those trash cans? I, that's a hard question to frame right there. But I think you know yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> Just about every workout, let's just leave it at this. There's a reason why there's more trash cans than cones. And those trash cans claim just about everybody over the course of the winter workouts. Oh, my gosh. Because the strength coaches want to see you. They want to see you over there. Oh, yeah. And there's a time period here in in these early workouts where not only the strength coaches get you, but there's a short time to where the actual coaching staff can be on the field for these winter workouts and they're play as much of a part of it as the strength coaches. Oh my God. You know, you're doing drills, but there's no ball, you know, there's no football going on. It's simply, you know, who, who's going to, who's going to be the leaders. Who's going to be tough. Who's going to wither away. You know, you're trying to separate the men from the boys. And, uh, you know, it's really your first opportunity for the year to make an impact on your coaching staff and maybe even separate yourself going into spring ball. So, as much as you are in survival mode per se, you got you got to attack these things and you know and try to and try to be the best from it, compete in everything you do, and you know along the way bring your teammates along the best you can. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely safe to say that games they happen in the fall, but they're won in the winter, in the spring, absolutely. and in the summer. That's how it's absolutely. always been. That's how it always will be. Now we've talked about the guys who are going to be college athletes. We've talked about the guys who are college athletes. Now I want to talk about the guys, and you were in this situation just a little bit ago, Austin, 
They're no longer college athletes. They're getting ready for the combine, for the mm-hmm. pro day, and everything that comes with that. What are those guys kind of doing right now to get ready for these big and potentially life-changing events? This is the biggest job interview of your life. And uh, it, it's a really, really cool process. It's a very intense process. It's a very long and grinding process. But it's, it, it's really cool because this is truly the first time that these college athletes get a chance to be professionals. And what I mean by that is there's no more class. There's no more other, you know, you know, things that you have to take care of, any more obligations other than what do I have to do from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed to get my body, my mind, my soul, my skill set, everything to its absolute peak so that I can go and put my best foot forward to go earn a job on the biggest stage and accomplish your childhood dream of being an NFL player. You know, you know, getting your sleep schedule right, getting your eating habits right, working on your speed, working on your agility, working on those combine testing, you know, going out and going to these unbelievable facilities that have NFL coaches and NFL players that come back and, and tutor you and teach you about NFL plays and concepts and, you know, going learning about what it's like to, you know, to compete at that level. It, it, it's awesome. And I don't know if you can hear the excitement in my voice. Like, oh, it's, yeah, it's I can. so cool to get around so many guys that are working so hard to go accomplish their dream. And, and it's, and it's awesome. You can't help but get better. You can't help but have great energy, you know, cause you can just push each other. You know, you're all, at the end of the day, we're all competing for a lot of us for the same job, you know, cause we're all, you know, trying to get that. There's only so many teams. There's only so many spots. And a lot of guys are on the outside looking in by the end of the day. Yeah. But, it's so cool to push and help each other and, and work for it. And you build a lot of relationships that, that continue through this process as well. But it, it's so cool as you lead up to uh, the combine, the pro days, and then draft data to hopefully hear your name called. And I want you to tell me if I'm full of it here, but it almost sounds like you enjoyed the pro process more than you enjoyed the winter as a college student because, like you said, you have class, you might be a part of a club, you might be doing some other stuff. Now you're focused on football, and it's really the driving force in your life and the camaraderie with other guys trying to do exactly where you want to get. It sounds like that you enjoyed that one a little bit more. I don't know if I enjoyed it more. You know, I tried to take every single day and, you know, keep things in order. Like, I never got too far ahead of myself. When I was a college player, I was totally committed to making myself the best player I could possibly be and helping my teammates do so. But with this NFL process, you know, you're so close. You can taste your, your, your dream. It's, it's right there. It's, you know, you've got a, mo- a couple months to get yourself ready for this, and there's no time to be wasted. There's no time to lose. Just the fact that you've made it so far, you know, you're, you're the 3% that's made it from high school to be able to play college football. And from that, you know, you're the 1% of that group that has an opportunity to continue to play professionally and just to do get that far is is an honor and it's and it's so cool and it's such a blessing and now it's like you know can i be that one percent from that that makes it and you know it's just it's just so cool the 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 urgency the the excitement you're just so close and 
it's really cool to continue to work and, and try to grab that dream. It's all part of the journey. I wouldn't say one part's better than the other, but, but it's definitely a process that you go through one time, unless you're me, who gets to do it twice, as I'm getting ready to do Pro Day again, as well as Purdue's, uh, at Purdue and Florida here on March 6th and March 28th. But uh, it's your one shot, and uh, you try to make it count. Now, will you go through the same Pro Day as the current guys going through it for the first time in both Cicathas? Yeah, yeah. Right. So draft, I'm not draft eligible, so I can't go do the combine. But the pro day, you know, both those schools that I've been to, Purdue and Florida, have been nice enough to me to to allow me to, you know, come back as alumni and be the quarterback that, that throws to these receivers coming out and, and give me an opportunity to continue to to chase my dreams and, and, and hopefully get a job in, in professional football. So I'm very gracious to that, and I'm, and I'm ready to go do my very best. Yeah, and of course, we will be keeping up with you throughout that entire process. We'll be talking about the process as a whole. We're going to cover it all, and we're going to try to do about an episode or two a month, uh, depending on what we got on. Obviously, next month with the Combine, we'll want to cover that. We're going to have plenty of guests coming on. Austin's dialing up the phones right now as we speak. So we're going to do our best to put a good product out there. We had our break. We, I think everybody takes a, a week or two off in the offseason. We just happen to take a couple offseasons worth off. But we're back now. We're going to get it going. And uh, we said it best, Austin. It's, it, it's year-round, and, and hopefully we can keep doing this year-round and keep ramping up for next season. No doubt. It, it never stops. We're never going to stop. We're always doing something. We appreciate our listeners hanging with us. Not like we've been uh, sitting on the couch eating chips. We've been uh, right. we've been busy uh, with with our other dreams and our other jobs, and this is something that's really cool that we've got a chance to do. And we appreciate you guys uh, being alongside us. So thanks for hanging with us through the break. Hey Ben, speaking of breaks, what did you think about the All Star break in the NBA? And uh, do you think that you can you can put together a singing performance like the one we heard for the, uh, the national anthem? What did you think about that? I think I could. My shower head might disagree, but <laughs> I, I Fergie tried something different. I didn't like it. I think many people didn't, but she's still more talented singing-wise than I think either of us. I can't dog her too much. She's Fergalicious, but my favorite part was just watching the memes and the uh, the social media and watching these players like laughing. That that was I was <laughs> losing my mind. It was hilarious. Yeah, the, the Draymond was the best. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of the best, LeBron James MVP, 3-3-0 again. Yeah, yes. The uh, I'll tell you what, the, the, the All-Star game has been such a joke for so long because there's no defense. Thanks to LeBron trying, everybody else tried. Right. And, uh, it was – and I don't know if there's any question of who's the best player in the world. I know people love to debate it. I don't. You go into the Pro Bowl, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. They can't affect a culture on the field and get other millionaires like themselves to be able to put an effort together the way that LeBron can. The the effect that he has on everybody around him, I don't even think people understand it, and they won't understand it until he's gone. He he is a once in a lifetime dude, and I I I think there's no argument that he's the best. If if we had about five hours, maybe five days, maybe five weeks, I could give you my full thoughts on LeBron. But that's part of the you know beyond what? we'll be talking about. That's for sure. You're right. You know what? Just because we're out of football, we we will have to expand a little bit and 
Peck, I can, you know, we, 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 we can, we can talk all things sports, especially as we get closer to the, the playoffs. Cause you know, we're both Cleveland fans. We're Cavs fans through and through, and it's going to be really interesting as we get through with our uh, with our new roster. I can't even name everybody on the team. Huh. Well, fortunately, it's my job. I, I can help you out with that. Jordan you Clarkson, Larry Nance, George Hill, and mm-hmm. Rodney Hood. Get to know them. And if you if you're listening to us out west, I think you're still the favorite. But we'll be we'll be but throwing we some punches. LeBron. We'll be throwing some punches. But we got no LeBron, and we're coming. Hey, Austin. <laughs> Keep up the good work, my friend. Best of luck to you as you uh, get ready for this process. Absolutely. Thanks, Ben. Stay warm up there in Ohio. I heard it's going to be 70 degrees tomorrow, which is uh, which makes sense because Ohio's uh, extremely bipolar this time of year in the middle of February. Yes, it is. Don't worry. It'll be snowing by the end of the week. That's going to do it for this edition of the On Cue podcast. We'll be back as we get closer to the Combine Spring Ball and all that good stuff. For Austin Appleby, I'm Ben Thomas. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.